Blitz is defined as a sudden, savage attack. It is indeed all this. The effect is sure. The premise is simple. It's a basic, primal confrontation, man to man. No excuses are offered. Not except. Welcome to the latest edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Looks like a radio station. Now, here are your hosts, lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers. Pure athlete, yeah. I transcend race, hombre. Matt Butler. I don't talk, man. I back it up. And we are talk full of that, man. Damn right. And Jeff Howe. It's still real to me, damn it. And that's the bottom line. Cause Stone Cold sets up. If you're gonna blitz, come strong, but don't come at all. I'll tell you who came strong with it over the weekend. Texas came strong with it. Now, Rod, I did catch the Rodcast today, which you can hear on 104.9 The Horn every day from 1 to 3. Ooh. That you went by the old Chris Rock line. You don't get credit for things you're supposed to do. If you're Texas, you're supposed to beat San Jose State. Supposed to be State. San Jose State, man. That didn't titillate me. But you're not necessarily supposed to win 56 nothing and get you that goose egg. Shutouts are rare, man. Shut out. And I, I played for really good defenses. And, you know, we dominate some teams and still want to get shutouts all the time. So, yeah, I will admit that is something extraordinary. I will give Tyler Lando and the defense credit for that. Maybe the jumping off point for confidence for this group. There are some fascinating angles, numbers, storylines, all of the above we're going to get into. Not necessarily on the San Jose State win as we put that to bed. But we are looking ahead this Saturday, the Coliseum. Texas against fourth-ranked USC. Mm. I'm feeling strangely good, Rod, that Texas can compete based on what we talked about. Not that Texas can win, but that Texas will compete based on what we talked about right before we went on air. What's your definition of compete, though? Cover the spread. What is the spread right now? Two touchdowns? Uh, It's went past that. It's around 17, 17 17. It was at 15. I think think this could be a 10-point game or less. That'd be very impressive. That That'd would be, be <laughs> considering yeah. what I've seen. I would, and I hate to say the standards are that low now for mm-hmm. us, but I would be impressed if Texas is. keeping it within ten points of you. Well, I mean, you guys you said, just channel my inner Mac Brown. Going with it. it is what it is. It is what uh, it that's is. That's your man. inner Brian McNamee. He was the one, uh, the guy going against uh, Roger Clemens. It is what it is. But uh, yeah, no. When you talk about gaining confidence, a uh, good way to look at the San Jose State game is well, point spread. You know, it went from twenty six to twenty eight. When you can double a point spread and you win by 56 that's a full standard deviation away that's impressive so like you were saying jeff if you were able to say when you're a 17 point underdog keep it single digits that's pretty good because you're more than a touchdown better than what the best vegas mathematicians are putting out there we'll get to we'll get to all that as the show goes on i am jeff howe this is longhorn blitz with horns 247.com let me bring in the rest of the team he is the master of the soundboard the drop machine extraordinaire not the man behind the glass but the man to my right now in the new studios at the austin radio network on the we're on the the horn side of the building uh overlooking 360 in the city of austin from our new studios matt butler yes up, sir matt? i actually just uploaded the 2006 rose bowl revisited it yes, was your idea that. yeah uh, it's good on the itunes feed right now or any other podcast subscriber it's just popped up in your feed so you'll get it before you get this show but jeff right. did a good job of queuing it up and revisiting glad it. you brought both of those things up matt so yes on the the feeds this week the itunes feed uh we decided to re-rack our conversation we had two years ago now with Casey Studdard and Tim Ooh, Crowder. We did a 10-year retrospective nice. of the national championship season, but we pulled out about the 45 minutes we spent on the national championship game leading up to the game, pre-game, before, and then after the game, their thoughts on what went down uh, that memorable night in Pasadena, so you can get that. And, yes, we do have an iTunes feed now. We got that back up again, thanks to Matt. Uh, <laughs> what was good, guys, was seeing Texas get a 56 nothing win, and we'll get into SC and everything that goes with that game but general impressions guys i thought the defense specifically the run defense and i don't care who you're playing granted san jose state rod by the time this is all said and done they might be the worst team in fbs they're bad man. they're gonna be in the conversation they're bad yeah um, that defense was yeah. terrible but when you look at the totality of what texas did against the run i don't care who you're playing when you hold a team to 1.8 yards per carry 42 rushing yards on 23 carries that's a really good day at the off run fits were good san jose state really didn't get anything going in the run game. And I'll say this: I don't, I, I don't.
I want to be positive here, okay? So the defense was was fantastic. Like I said, shutouts are rare. My man Matt uh, texted me the amount of shutouts I had on the 40 acres, and we had six shutouts. But keep in mind, we were a top 15, 20 defense almost every year I was here. Right. So hey, we were a really good defense. You were even like the best defense year 2000. Yeah. Years. So And we only had six of them in my entire career. So it's rare to get a shutout. You get a shutout, man, you, you, you had an extraordinary performance for a defense. And I don't care if it is San Jose State. Yeah, it's right. hard to hold somebody to a goose you just did what you're supposed to yeah. do if you hit your peak performance. Exactly. And you didn't even hit your peak performance. In the- Grant, but that being said, guys, I watched that film. And I have not all watched ag- it yet. You ain't watched the film? Okay. Can we all agree that San Jose State was just not talented enough to capitalize on a lot of errors that were also errors that we saw versus Maryland? Not everything was corrected. Right. I saw guys, eyes in the backfield. Mm-hmm. You know, San Jose State just, just couldn't, take, they couldn't take advantage of it. I saw guys out of position, um, reading the wrong keys. Uh, but – there was progress. So I don't want to be doom and gloom, but there are some things that a San Jose State couldn't take advantage of that USC the, ultimately The would. main thing there, Rod, I agree. And we'll get – there's a lot of people on the flagship message board at Horns247.com. They they want your opinion on uh, some of the defensive back play and, and schematically and technique-wise that, that yeah. are still glaring issues with this football team. Yeah. I agree with you 100%. My issue – and I thought run fits were much better. I thought def- the, the defensive line being able Tighter. to reestablish the line yeah. of scrimmage. Yeah, everything just seemed a More lot more – Fluid, yeah. It is. It was. I agree with that, yeah. My issue with this defense is this, Rod, and this goes back to something I talked about last week. This team, and this is what worries me about the team long-term, Rod, when you look at the numbers, and I'll pull it up here against San Jose State. Two sacks on it. Two tackles for loss against Maryland. And and three versus San Jose State. They got five on the season. Yes, three against San Jose State. Yeah. But you look, I mean, Edwin Freeman got his in garbage time. Uh, Yeah. Jamari Chisholm got his in garbage time. I don't know. Chisholm's might have been earlier in the game. I don't remember the top of my head. But five tackles for loss in two ball games and yep. it's this defense Todd Orlando's defense it thrives on it's at its best when you're creating negative plays exactly when you when and, your guys are resetting the line right. scrimmage in the back and there aren't enough negative plays yep. there aren't enough slash plays being made and where that's a problem is and you look there's only been what two sacks in the first two, two games sacks, two sacks that's it brother years. pass rush hasn't right, been right if you're if you're a defense that has to blitz to create a pass rush if you can't create a pass rush out of just playing straight up base defense there's going to you're going to run into that high risk, high reward type stuff. Well, you're inevitably going to do it. If you had extreme confidence, and we used to blitz a lot when I played on the 40 to get pressure. Granted, different era of football, not as uh, the spread wasn't as prolific back then, but we would still blitz when we played Tech in Oklahoma to create pressure, but that's because Carl Burris had a lot of trust on the guys that can cover on the back end. We were just talking about Nathan Vasher and myself, uh, Quentin Jammer, Michael Huff was a young pup in that secondary. You know what I mean? So yeah, we had guys, even if they may get, they may have some mental break Downs or some errors that's just young players, you know, uh, in terms of alignment assignment. But hey, they could cover. They can go co- put them in man to man, and Huff right. can cover it. You know, I mean, and so could Griffin. So I wonder, you know, you're going to get into a little bit of a, you know, you're going to get into a situation where you're going to have to manufacture some pressure without guys being able to disrupt naturally on their own. And when you do that, you're going to leave those cornerbacks. And Holden Hill's been playing really well, so hopefully he can kind of get into a shutdown corner phase for you. But you don't have a guy that's reliable and proficient at a man to man on the back end, and that's the concern. Yet, maybe guys will develop into that later in the season. But right now, even P.J. Locke, who I thought would come in and be your kind of standout defensive back performer and guy you can build around, he has not yet performed up to those expectations. So let's talk about the secondary. This is something a lot of people want to know about. Man. When we talk about eye control, <laughs> we talk about discipline and techniques. Rod, I want you, you, the floor is yours. You break down everything you see wrong with second. Yeah, I think you just said it. Uh, and even Tyler and Lando. All, can, before, we get, before we get started, yeah. kind of break down for because it's easy for us to talk about eye control here because I yeah, feel like we point. can have that conversation. We dropped that term a lot. So kind yeah. of define eye control and then the floor is yours to say whatever It's a good point because, game. I mean, think about on that football field, there are a lot of things that can distract you. I remember Brian Harsley used to always say he loved what he called funk, which was pre-snap motions and shifts. He always said motion causes emotion. You give those defenders a lot of stuff to look at and process. Even if it doesn't mean a damn thing, you motion that guy and motion them back. You know what I mean? But it's more for that defender to process. And I could end up getting his eyes locked on something that they shouldn't be locked on. They shouldn't right. be keen on that. But, oh, you, you looked at that guy in motion, and maybe you kept your eyes on him a little too long. They snapped the ball, and you didn't see the receiver release, or you didn't watch the quarterback, so you didn't get your three-step read. So there are keys to every play and every coverage, things you should be looking at from the from alignment assignment to the uh, from the snap, and then as the play progresses. And, yes, it's talking about four or five seconds, all right, of lightning-fast action. you got to process a lot. So say I'm in zone coverage. This happens a lot, and Chris Boyd has been guilty of it. You're in zone coverage, and you're in cover three, and you got your reading your keys 
in cover three, and your cover three read and first read is your number two receiver. You count from the sideline in. So the, 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 clo- the closest receiver to the sideline is number one. Then you count in. Then that's number two. Then the tight end maybe number three. Maybe the back that's your number three receiver. And what you are watching is your king on number two uh, in cover three because if that number two receiver takes you deep, say he keeps going deep, then you know, hey, I need to stay deep, deeper than the defense. You know what I mean? But say that number number two receiver runs away from you on a drag route. Oh, then your eyes immediately need to go number one because he's no longer your, your concern. He's away from you. He's going into another zone. Go back to number one. What essentially makes you a man makes you kind of in a man covered situation. It's zone, but it's right. turned into it's developed into a man, evolved into a man Within coverage. Within your zone. Exactly, right? Within your Within zone. zone. And this, this is this is a and I'm not questioning football IQ because I didn't Coach Aquino is the one who kind of broke it down for me. But every zone deteriorates into a man at one point. You know, you gotta understand. Now sometimes it's not. Sometimes you gotta decide between passing you know, off, yeah, passing a guy off or trying to stay in the middle of two guys. Say you gotta um, you know, say you got a smash route, which they call a smash seven, which you have the number two receiver runs a corner route, all right? So he runs 15 into the corner, and the number one receiver, the one right by the sideline, runs a hitch route. Well, if you're in cover two, you might want to divide the space up between those guys and have that quarterback make a really tough decision between throwing that smash route, the quick route, or throwing a deep route. And you're probably going to want him to throw the smash route so that you can come up and tackle it rather than him throwing the ball deep, and then you having to worry about the guy getting behind so you. So hypothetically, let's say you're, you've got a smash concept. If you're the corner there, are you splitting difference? Or you make Depends on if you're early. Nathan Vash or Rod Baber. See, mm-hmm. Nathan Vash is going to split the difference. Why? Because he's a ball hawk. Right. So Nathan Vasher, when that quarterback takes his hand off the ball, Nathan Vasher, he, he knows a little bit more than Rod B. His instincts take him some places Rod B. brain just don't work like. So Rod B. is covering the deeper. Okay. I'm, I'm going to make him throw it to the shallow, and I'm going to come up and break on it. But Nathan Vasher is going to stay right in between, right in the middle, because he's a ball hawk. And he nat- See, so some guys, you got to know you got to know your strengths and weaknesses, too. I, I always remember when the ball's, the ball's thrown deep, and Coach Aquino would be like, hey, baby, you know what I like about you? You know yourself. You when the ball's thrown deep, he knew I didn't have hands. I'm known as stone hands on the 40 acres. But I would play the man because I can't play the ball. I would mess up if I played the ball. Now, Nathan Vasher, that ball's in the air, that dude's yeah. a receiver. He's a straight-up wide out. He just started running. Like, he don't even – he feels the receiver. Don't even need to touch him. Yeah. It was freaky. I had to feel – I had to touch the receiver. I have to literally be touching him to know where he is. Then I can look back at the football. Not Nate. Ball's thrown. He's a receiver. He feels – he feels it's the receiver behind It's a race to the ball because he knows so, the receiver's yeah, going so to the ball. We're talking about eye discipline. We're talking about the keys. Your, your, your different keys that you have based on your game plan, based on the film you've watched based on the coverage you're in. So there are guys now that when they're in cover three, I can see them just staring into the backfield at the quarterback. And remember the third and 19? Third and 19, they have a max protection, right? Against right. against uh, Maryland. Sorry, yeah. going having flash. Against Maryland, third and 19, everybody remembers the play. They have a max protection. They only send three receivers out. The two receivers to the, to, the, uh, to the short side of the field, opposite of Chris Boyd, where they actually got the first down, they send two receivers out there, but there's not even a number two receiver on Chris Boyd's side of the field. So essentially, you're playing man. Yeah. It's, I mean, you know, you should stay deeper than deepest. You should respect the, you know, the the uh, the rules or the coverage. But you're in man now. You're basically kind of in a man coverage. You have to understand that. So I just think guys, they don't really kind of understand what the coverages de- uh, e- like evolve into or deteriorate into, as Coach Aquino would say. And as a result, they don't know where to put their eyes on any given play. You're in man coverage. Then, yeah, you can take a three-step cheat, as they say, on the quarterback. See if he has a three-step drop. Once he gets past three steps, though, you better snatch back to the the wide receiver quickly. Sometimes when the guys, I see them cheating on the quarterback, they don't snatch back to the wide receiver. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's eye discipline because now the wide receiver's running and you're looking in the backfield and the wide receiver just got behind you or got even with you and that means it's already too late. So we talk about eye discipline. That's what we're talking about, knowing what to read and when to read your keys throughout a play. It happens really quickly and these guys haven't really figured it out yet. And also as route combinations. This is also we're looking at route combinations too. Sometimes your number three becomes a number two with a crossing route. Right. So all these things I think that they are undisciplined at, and even Todd Orlando admitted that too. Happens with young guys all the time, but against uh, USC, that could end up being fatal. Right. Fatal against a quarterback the caliber of Sam Darnold. So other than eye control and just being undisciplined, knowing your route combination, recognizing, yeah. what other, are there any other issue? Yeah, I mean, it, listen, some of the, uh, I would say some of the angles to the football for the safeties has bothered me. Not so much against San Jose State, but I don't think you're going to be challenged as much with San Jose State. Speed on the outside, getting to the perimeter, versus Maryland, the angles, man. And listen, that's one thing about uh, football. I always say football. People say football speed. Football speed, football speed. I always say football speed is people who diagnose angles better than others. That's it. Because uh, football is all angles. And I've noticed about our safeties coming down at those run fits, sometimes they take really sharp, steep angles to the football, not anticipating a guy making a step. So you got to come down under control. And a lot of times they come down ready to take somebody's head off, and then I think they can miss completely. So with the safety, 
safeties, that's really been my concern. The safeties have not been exposed a ton in in coverage. You know what I mean? Nobody's really tested our safeties as much because I think they're just game playing to test our corner. They're getting tested on. this week. They will be tested this week. I can guarantee you that. No, no, no. The entire defense and secondary will be tested this week. It may be their biggest test all this year. I mean, that, that's how good this offense is for USC and how good Sam Darnold is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let me bring up something. I want to go back to the DB specifically, but something with the whole defense, right? And this kind of, this kind of, I don't know if it goes into what you're talking about with angles, but I see an issue with guys being so out of control. Yeah. I don't really see guys sometimes doing a consistently good job of coming to balance and just making a play in space. Out of control, under control, we used to call it. Yeah. Get, get out of control to the football, but once you get there, get under control and make a tackle. Like That's any, why I said the tapes are yeah. flying down like in this steep fashion. I'm like, man, he better be right about this angle he's taking, and then he's not. And, and that's I know where you heard <laughs> Coach <laughs> talk about recklessness to play with, but then there's that calculated exactly. angle where you have to weigh, but that's where it goes back to you where you were just saying know your own strengths as a person, how exactly. you knew your strengths and Vasher had different strengths, and then you know your teammates' strengths. So some of these things come with experience that's and working together, so they may have some time that these can develop even if you haven't seen the indicators yet. Rod, you want to go to that point. football term. It's not as com- uh, complex as I control, but anybody that's ever, if you've ever been to a practice, even a high school practice, go watch a high school practice defense. You'll always hear linebackers, coach, DB coach say, come to balance, come to balance, come to balance, yeah. make a hit, come to yep. balance, make the stick. Yeah, because somebody's going to make you look bad. USC yeah. has athletes that will make you look bad, running there out of control uh, with run of reckless abandon, and then you don't have, you're not balanced once you get there so you can make a tackle. So you can anticipate. Your over your toes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Your nice pad level, anticipating that guy making a move. It's kind of that reading body language, but I think Matt's got a good point, though, about how there's a trust factor, and you know, I can do my job. I always knew as a corner that if I bring, if I force it back inside, I would, my, the cavalry was coming. Like, mm-hmm. I literally did, all, all I had to do was do my job. If I could just force it back inside, I didn't have to always make the play. If I could violently force it back inside, man, C-Red was coming, Vasher was coming, Brooks was coming. They were coming. Like, my group, they were going to be there. So, I, I, I do wonder at times if guys, and, and Tom Herman talked about this, guys trying to do too much, right? Exactly. Oh, guys Those overextended, to trying to do too much because. Trying to make the play individually. Yeah, exactly. You don't even know if that trust. Yeah, because exactly because at times, hell, I did try to do my job a year or so ago, and then that guy went for a touchdown, and yep. everybody thought it was my fault. But you know, because you didn't trust your teammate to make to do their to take care of their responsibility. So I think a lot of it could be that man. A, yeah. a defense has to has to and work that in selfless, this selfishness. Yeah, this unison, this unanimity <laughs> at times. And yeah, I think at times you see guys, and it, it's a good thing that they're trying to do too much and they want to make that play. But you trying to make that play, you got yourself out of position. You took the block on with the wrong shoulder because you were overextended, and now you blocked two guys, yeah. right? And now the guy just ran. And we, I saw that versus Maryland. I literally saw that a couple of times. I saw P.J. Locke do it once. He literally he went down, took a bad angle to the football, trying to make a play in the backfield. He uh, took the block on with the wrong shoulder. Blocked him and the inside linebacker. Anthony Wheeler. And, yeah, did a guy runs up right outside of him. And I was like, you, you know you forced that back inside. Everybody knows you forced that back inside. But he was just, I got to make that play. I'm trying to make this play in the backfield. But if he had just done his job, Wheeler would have made that play. All right, guys, let's step away. But when we come back, it's the position everybody wants to know about. It is the Texas quarterback situation. We'll talk Shane Bouchelle, Sam Ellinger, and a little bit of Gerard Hurd. We'll do that when we come back on Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Here again is Jeff Howe. We don't know if Shane Bouchelle is going to play against USC. Um, I've heard it could be maybe up to three weeks that he could be out. I don't know. Really? Yeah. It, it didn't sound like a serious injury, hmm. but I heard somebody somebody told me uh, over the weekend that it could be up to three weeks that he could be out. It's just going to, I guess, depend on how the rehab process goes. But Sam Ellinger, considering the circumstances, I thought played well. And one of the reasons why he played well, Rod, Tom Herman mentioned it after the game. He mentioned it again Monday in his press conference. This team had a rededicated focus to running the football. And part of that was, and I asked Tom Herman about it on Monday, getting Kendall Moore on the field. He didn't play at all against Maryland. You know, what went into him playing Hmm. more? And uh, Tom basically said, hey, we decided if we're going to run the ball, we've got to put our best run-blocking tight end on the field. Which, with Kendall Moore, you're basically adding a, a, a sixth offensive lineman because he, yeah. he was in the Varian shoot offense at Syracuse last year. And at least from a stylistic standpoint, that's kind of what he does. What yeah. Caleb Blewett did last year at Texas, yeah. that's what Kendall Moore was coached to do. So you're basically adding an, an extra offensive lineman. You're basically going heavy on every play. And, Rod, you could see it, especially when they were able to pair Kendall Moore and Denzel Okafor 
on the field at the same time, I mm. felt like the push on the right side of the offensive line in the run game, it was noticeably different. Yeah, no, no, I, I agree with you. And I think you just hit the nail on the head, the terminology used, the rededicated focus to the running game. I think Texas probably could have run the ball more successfully versus Maryland, too. They just seemed to abandon it. They panicked, obviously, when they got right. down. Uh, also, not only the Kendall Moore thing, and I agree with you on that, I think that was big. And you see that they're trying to exhaust the depth chart a little bit to try to solve some of these issues. I like the fact that he decided to give it to his best running back. Imagine that. And I, you know, and I, I hate the way it, it sounds. It sounds like you're criticizing Kyle Porter when you, you know, when you start talking about this yeah. issue. But it's not at all. Kyle Porter is great for what Kyle Porter is. But like I said, Kyle Porter is a guy that moves the chains, but he doesn't necessarily change the game. Chris Warren is a game changer. Yes, I know. If you give Chris Warren five carries, which is you know basically he got six carries. Yeah, six Maryland. Maryland so. Right, but but it, it look that, that's a perfect sample size, right? Most of that, most of his, uh, you know, yards in that Maryland game came from like two runs, right? Of those six, and I think other two he got stopped like at the line of scrimmage, or maybe got one or two yards. But that's what he's gonna do. He's gonna get two. If you give him five carries, two are gonna go for no gain or minimal gain, and he's gonna break two. That's just kind of what Chris Warren is. You gotta feed that beast. He does get into a rhythm. He's and I've heard Bucky talk about it too. He's like, man, running backs get into a rhythm. I've heard Ricky talk about it. They get into a little bit of a rhythm. You gotta give that that dude. You gotta give him the rock and let him get into kind of a running rhythm. Uh, we used to call him Jeff the Angry Gazelle back in the day. Yeah. It takes him a little while to get going, but once he gets confident, you can see him. He starts he starts bucking up, too, when he runs somebody over. Uh-huh. He's like, yeah. He yeah. starts feeling it. So you got to get him going. Sometimes the identity of your offense, and they had an identity, thank God, against San Jose State, but let's pre- preface everything by saying San Jose State's rush defense is just abysmal. It is atrocious. It's terrible. Mm. Uh, but at least they had an identity, and the identity was forged by Chris Warren. And those are the type of backs that, you know, not every back as the game goes on, you have the cliche that, you know, the running backs get better and run them down. But when you are a guy that is an imposing style oh, back, he's the one for you to find his best success. It only makes sense for you to give it to him 20 times because carry 20 isn't going to hurt him as much as it's going to hurt, hurt other yeah, guys and then actually hurt the opposing team. So somebody like Kyle Porter maybe isn't fit and needing those 20 picks to equally disperse out what you think his production would be. A guy like Warren more so is that, so it makes since that way and at least in this game was sort of the first time that you know we talk about the games back in the day a decade ago or two decades ago where when the backups came in the backups and everybody looked as if you know they were better than the opponent or actually somebody that was able to go out there and flash plays there weren't really struggles and that was something good to see both on the defensive side and the offensive side whenever somebody was plugged in was able to not have much drop off and now probably was just the opponent but still it doesn't matter in this situation Texas needs as much of a confidence builder, slum buster, whatever you can get right now, Texas yeah. needs it just to get some confidence going into USC. It's true. The the argument, Rod, that with Chris Warren and Kyle Porter, it's no different than the Jonathan Gray Deontay Foreman discussion we were having two years ago. It's the oh, exact same conversation. That's a great point. It is. Uh, I would say that after a diminished Jonathan Gray because of injuries, mm-hmm. too. Right. John, that'd be, yeah, yeah. But I, still, yeah. But you're right. It's the same style. conversation. It was the same conversation. I remember this, yeah. That we all thought Deontay Foreman should have been playing more, and when they actually gave him the ball more, they it's were something like coaches about experience, and they re- like guys who are reliable. Yeah, it goes. I think it goes back to Kyle Porter's reliability and Chris yeah. Warren. Oh yeah, you're right. The chicken pox, just being injuries. Yeah, that kind of it, stuff. it goes yeah, back yeah. to it goes back to what we talked about with Chris Warren. He's in that Bo Scaife, uh, Jordan, Jordan Shipley, Shipley category where you can't afford to build something around him. But if you've got him and he's healthy, man, use him. Use him. Don't yeah. waste him. I agree, man. I think that yeah, you wasted him. You can't save Maryland. those bullets because man, you don't know if you don't you're, think you'll have him. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Just use him when he's healthy, man. Because the chances are. I'm not going to wood that he's not going to be. He hasn't been healthy the entire season. I don't think it's his entire career. Not to use gun analogies still, but man, unload the clip. <laughs> unload the clip. Yeah, let him don't, go. It's Texas. People, you, people don't, like leave, gun don't leave a bullet in the chamber, man. Seriously. Well, you Central can't afford this to. weekend. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, you're going to need all of us. <laughs> I'm the one. <laughs> making, man, they're gentrifying. It's like East Austin, and it's not like it. <laughs> yeah. um, but anyway, going back to this offense, about the quarterback position specifically, um, I thought the running 
running game helped Sam Ellinger. Sam Ellinger, he had some throws that were offline, probably typical from what you can expect from a true freshman, freshman in throws, his first yeah. start. But, Rod, I thought his his poise, uh, his calmness in the pocket, he never really seemed to get rattled at all. Uh, you know, his escapability, I thought, was, was mm-hmm. huge at times. Uh, no official pressures recorded by San Jose State, no sacks. Um, so the offensive line did their job. But I thought Sam Ellinger did as good a job as you could have expected. Uh, there's some issues that I want to get into. Yeah. Leading to the USC game, they need to get remedy. But overall, I thought he played well, not well enough for there to be a quarterback controversy going forward. But I do think him playing well, along with mixing Gerard Hurd in, I think Tom Herman comes out of this game figuring out okay, whether it's Bouchelle or Ellinger, Gerard Hurd's got to be a part of this thing going forward. Yep. And Similar to tight end, right? Tom Herman wants that bona fide five-tool tight end to make this offense work. He doesn't have that right now. Mm -hmm. But he's got a really good blocker in Kendall Moore. He's got a really good receiving threat in Cade Brewer. And doesn't know what he's really got in Reese Lato because Reese Lato hadn't played yet. yet, But he's got to kind of money ball it. Maybe you can make something function at at tight end to where it's not a negative. And I think that's kind of what he's facing at quarterback. He wants JT Barrett. He wants Greg Ward. He doesn't have JT Barrett Mm -hmm. or Greg Ward. But between Shane Bouchelle's accuracy, his acumen in the passing game, what Sam Ellinger brings you, and the run game element with Gerard Hurd. You can make all three of those parts. And, Rod, I, I wouldn't be shocked if against USC, assuming Bouchelle's healthy, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw all three of them. Because now that Ellinger's red shirts burn, why not? Uh, first of all, I think it's brilliant that he just has all this um, uncertainty about the quarterback position in the air. Because now USC, if you're USC, you, you got to yeah. unfortunately prepare now for three. all three quarterbacks. Yeah. You have to. Yeah. It'd be irresponsible, foolhardy of you not to. You got to prepare for Sam Ellinger. You know, you <laughs> haven't seen that much of him. And you got to prepare for Shane Michelle. And right. then you got to prepare for the Gerard Hurd package. So, Couldn't have engineered it better, exactly. actually. <laughs> That's always a good thing because you know that that means they're wasting time in practice. We don't know how they're wasting time. And they don't know either. But they're wasting time in practice because they're just trying to prepare for all three quarterbacks. So that's a good thing. Um, so I agree with you. you. He may have to, like you always say, kind of moneyball this thing, um, piecemeal it together. I love the fact that, and I, I don't know why Gerard Hurd is still working out with wide receivers. I somebody's got to explain it to me, man. I don't know. What I don't the think he did last. Week. Yeah, I, I heard think he Herman was just talk- with the quarterbacks. Okay, because I already because today Herman going. was talking about how he would be back there and then getting some reps at wide package. Re- yeah, exactly. I'm like, but, man, screw that package. I mean, Move honestly, Gerard Hurd to quarterback and now. I, I mean, it's all, ridiculous. Your whole conversation about it makes 100% sense I agree fully I just think that the only thing I can draw from it is he's been just saying yeah he's a wildcat quarterback that can sort of throw he and can perfect his handful that's of nothing so you're gonna have to expand the Gerard Hurd package too yeah. Um, because at this point, it's, 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 it's predictable, and mm-hmm. everybody can exactly. game plan for it. So he's got to throw at 1.2. So why not just have him over there working with I – I don't, I don't get that. I, for a really smart guy, I mean, as long as they really smart guys, they just do things that I don't get, and I don't get him in this Gerard Hurd thing, man. It, it makes no sense. You got you got depth issues now at quarterback. You got an injury to your starting quarterback, Shane Bouchelle. You still don't know – we still don't know the severity of that. You got a true freshman behind him, and yet consider the quarterback position to be like an important – investment or like an important anything, a commodity, anything that you have in your life that's worth uh, a lot of money, a value. And usually you take insurance policy out on things of great value. The quarterback position is that thing of great value. It means more than any other position. The backup position is the liability insurance on that quarterback position. Hell, the third quarterback position is basically like full coverage. And right now, Texas needs full coverage, man, not just liability insurance because they're going to get screwed. Because one of these quarterbacks, there's a really good chance one of them could end up getting hurt anyway. You know what I mean? Yeah. Shane Bouchelle slight and hurt already. Sam Mellinger, I love him, but he thinks he's a linebacker. And or he, yeah, he, he got, just doesn't play well. He's a freshman. He's had three injuries coming out of high school. Hell, he's that guy had two or three surgeries already. I thought he ran smart, though, against San Jose State. That's fine. I, and that's, I'm cool with that, but it's San Jose State. He's no, going to run it. smart I against San Jose it. State. So my point is, why are you playing with the quarterback position? Out of all positions to play around with. You Here's, know what I mean? Like, what went, are you doing? Well, because right now, Ellinger, his quote, he has small doing? bites of the offense, and I guess he just doesn't like what he sees from Hurd. Here's my issue with the quarterback thing, though, Rod. And, and it's a different He's ball too game. smart for that. It's a different ball game now that Bouchelle's injured. But the, I've never understood the whole, well, this guy fits your system better than this guy. To me, the mark of a good offensive coordinator, a good offensive mind is, here's what this guy does really well. I'm going to 
accentuate those strengths, yep. and I'm going to do what I can to mask his weaknesses. The weakness with Shane Bouchelle is he's not a guy you want carrying the ball 15 to 20 times Agreed. a game. How do you remedy that? You run the football. Mm-hmm. You come up with different ways to move the football. You incorporate your screen game, which I think they tried to do that against Maryland when Bouchelle was in there. But assuming Shane Bouchelle plays on Saturday, I would hope that we see somewhat of a similar game plan as we saw against San Jose State, where there is a yeah. focus on we want to run the football. Now, they might decide to attack USC differently. They might. I know Porter Gustin, their linebackers, having an MRI on his shoulder today. We'll see if he plays. And I know they've got some pieces out, but USC, I think, ranks like 113 in the country in run defense. You can run the ball on USC. They might decide, hey, uh, we ran some more inside zone against San Jose State. Maybe we go with some more power O stuff, or, or you mix it yeah. up in terms of stylistically how you operate your run game. But their need, regardless of which quarterback is in the football game, there needs to be a focus on this is who we are to be a successful offense. We've got to run the football because if if Texas can't run the football, we've already seen what that looks like. Yeah. And it's not a pretty picture. Yeah. That's why I think the Gerard Hurd element is so crucial. It is. And our Longhorn fans don't really probably they don't really want to hear this. They don't like pe- the idea of piecemealing the quarterback position together. But as you pointed out for the compatibility of you know quarterbacks with this Tom Herman offense, it may be the best bad idea. Like I don't know if it's right. a good idea mm-hmm. to have three quarterbacks and be kind of using different guys for different skill sets and different personal packs, different plays, but right now it may be your best bad idea. And like I said, I don't know if he's going to play Shane, Sam, and Gerard Hurt, but it could happen right yeah. now. I don't. And why I, not? It, it, exactly. I mean, at this point, I'm like, why not? Like, because if it, if it gives you, uh, or at least it gives the defense more to worry about and have to defend more things, uh, so it makes you a little bit more successful offensively because you keep them on their heels, I'm all for it. Now, t- now Tom Herman's got to figure out throughout the flow of a game exactly how to get those guys in that's the challenging part yeah. of where that comes in but the two things rob that makes me believe why it's a good idea to play all three quarterbacks it's in some way shape or form you've already burned ellinger's red shirt yep. so why not and Bouchel's health yeah, like keep ellinger focused and not i know i know for a backup quarterback it's different than being a backup at another position no, but you're right though because you can only play one of those guys at a time but I want to keep Sam Ellinger engaged and give him some game reps because you know what? It could be the next series when Bouchelle's back out there that something happens to that shoulder again and he's back on the shelf. Agreed. And then you're going with Sam, so at least he's not coming off the bench cold. At least he's been in the game and at least has a feel for what's going on out there. You're not just throwing him to the wolves. I agree. And I think your first point, it may be the most important. If you are going to, you know, and we know he's going to play multiple quarterbacks. He's already said Gerard Hurt's going to play and Shane or Sam's going to play, if not both. You gotta make sure you you do it right. You gotta you got the flow of the game, the continuity, the fluidity. Like don't screw up a good drive or something, or right. a quarterback's hot just to put in a drive. Now if you do it, just make sure it's done in the, in, in the fluidity. I think of the offense for lack of a better word. I think Gerard Hurd's probably the guy you send in. Maybe you know similar to what we saw with the eighteen wheeler. Maybe if red it, zone, if is a you great decide place for him. if it's yeah. third and three or less, then then that's a Gerard Hurd. That's a yeah. Gerard Hurd play. I like him. I like using him in the red zone a little bit. But you gotta expand the package. Right. We're all assuming no that it will expand to some passing plays. I like him. I like him in the red zone. I love that thread in the red zone, man. I do. I think it's really good. Like the read option stuff in the you know, I mean, in, in the red zone, it's, it's tough for defenders to react. But that's you know why I mean? that's why you can't – that's where coaches, I think, get themselves in trouble is you say, okay, you're going in, third series is yours. Well, yeah. what if Shane Bouchelle against USC, what if he starts out 9 of 10? Any exactly. preconceived ideas yeah. is like always why, Like why would, you, why would you disturb that? Agreed. Yeah. Or if <laughs> Bouchelle's struggling, why are you going to wait till the third the series threes. to put the guy in? Yeah. If, if it's awful, the, the you know, the first series, then why are you going to wait? Yeah, you so you're saying basically Texas doesn't have – have a total package at quarterback. <laughs> no. No Nordcos these days. No Nordcos. No. I no wish I had package. that drop from the old building. I got to go pull that one now. That's the one I got to write down. Yeah. No, no. You know, I I don't I don't know. I, I'll say this. Texas has two competent quarterbacks that they can win with. I agree with this. Yeah. Okay. And then there haven't been very many times in this current decade where we've been able to say that. No, and that's where you it sort of feels good when you have a freshman step in and now the same way you had the hypothetical last week, well, what happens if Ellinger plays good? And then there's a quarterback question. It's like, okay, please let us get to that point in Texas Lane where we have two good options to choose from. Yeah. Not where it's like, yeah, you're a controversy like that, I'll take that all day. I'll sign off twice on Sunday for it. And it's hopefully Texas <clears throat> can continue to 
progressed to have that. I want to stay on that for a second, Matt. Where are you guys at, Rod? Because here's where I'm at on the quarterback thing. I think if Shane Bouchelle's healthy, he's your starter. Yep. Yes. I thought Sam played well, but not well enough to where you yeah. should be able to make that determination. Okay, he's the guy. Yeah, and the Hermans echoed the same thing. Yeah, and even against San Jose State, I don't know. It, Sam Ellinger would have to throw for like some god, ungodly amount of yards. And right. Have I mean, a ridiculous performance against San Jose State for me to start believing that, oh, he should overtake Shane Bouchelle. What I like to see if, from if him healthy. was that uh, throughout the game, it seemed as if he improved within because early on there was miscommunication on little stuff like hot routes or just who's running a certain yeah. pattern and then there was some actual accuracy issues and he had one throw go over receivers head I believe in the third quarter but yeah. after the first quarter you only saw one or two so it was good to see that he actually sort of improved right. throughout the game. I'll tell you this, if you're going to play quarterback at Westlake and you're going to play quarterback for Todd Dodge, yeah. that bar's set pretty dang Agreed. high. No, you're yeah. spun I was actually just thinking when Rod was talking about this, it brought me back to the kicker conversation we're having about Texas, too, because, you know, you see Texas struggling at kicker again this year, and I was just thinking back. It's like, hey, you know, a kid coming from Juco, first time in a stadium, 100,000 people. You know, it's not an excuse, but it maybe explained that it early on wasn't as comfortable in this chaotic environment. But then I was like, yeah, but then, you know, you get a kid like Justin Tucker from down at Westlake, he just comes in he's been playing in this pressure atmosphere his whole life no problem and right when, when you were talking about Ellinger I was like well for a freshman if you could have a primer it's like Westlake versus like Travis they were playing that in that stadium for years you know See like that? there is some type of comfortability when you come from one of those super a 6 I mean, they call it the, now you're in the state in, championship game at NRG against like North it's not Shore 30,000 people but you feel, and, and it's, exactly it's practically yeah. a home game for North Shore that's a good point yeah. I agree you know? so there's just those little just like the same baselines that you felt comfortable with with Bouchelle being the former pro athlete's kid or coach's kid, you know, mm-hmm. you can look at these the things that maybe let yeah. them start off their career early and then you can build from there. All right, guys, pause with the cause to pay some bills. But on the other side, we're talking Texas and USC. How can Texas compete against the mighty Trojans? We'll break that down when we come back on Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Here again is Jeff Howe. All right, guys, let's go ahead and get on to USC. We're talking about Texas and USC. USC is fourth in the country coming off of a 42-24 win over Stanford. I had the Cardinal win in that game last week. I was wrong, and that cost me the win in our weekly pick so that's a shame. But, uh, Rod, I watched the whole fourth quarter of that game. Oh, did you really? And, brother, I was shocked at how Stanford's offensive line was mm-hmm. able to push – USC's offensive line, excuse me, was able to push that Stanford defensive front around. Yeah. Like, you don't see very many games where a David Shaw coach team, a Stanford team from the Harbaugh era on, where they just get pushed around In like USC did. Yeah. yeah, I agree with that. It, listen, USC is really talented. On the Even um, – I looked at the – you know, like the the wide receivers, they they they're deep. It's deep mm-hmm. in the skill positions, man. Their, their defensive backs are kind of a blur. Uh, and, and obviously, we talked a lot about Sam Darnold. I, Darnell, I think he's like completing close to seventy five percent of his passes or something. I mean, he's how do you like freak. USC's game notes? He's how do you like this notes in the series? The USC is four and zero in its current series with Texas, not including one loss vacated due to NCAA penalty. Oh, well done. Well done, USC. Way to ride. Ah, loophole in that, that is like, a yo, hell of a how loop. How can you make yourself look good wow. in this situation? That's called the, no. that's called yeah, a spin you, zone Bush. right there, right? Yeah. That's a hell of a spin. Well, no, in our other Heisman, you know, the guy was a murderer. But right? It's okay, man, give them. Allegedly. Yeah. Allegedly. Uh, no, true. I'll take that off. OJ uh, killed her. Allegedly, man. Allegedly. He didn't no. go to jail for that. If the glove does not fit, you must He's acquit. still looking for the killer, bro. Yes. He gets He's out got, of jail. Yeah, when he gets out in October. Yeah, Helton said, you aren't allowed around this program. Maybe back on a mission. He was he was asked that during the offseason. At, at a golf course near you, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> he definitely um, will be. Rod, this USC offense, man. I'm it's going, prolific. I'm looking at their depth chart. Yeah, man. It's yeah. And you go down it, and I, I love their offensive line. Uh, they got some experience on that offensive line. We'll talk about Darnold here in a second. But, man, you go to their running back position and – Get, getting ready to prepare, you know, preparing for this game and looking at what USC's got and seeing Ronald Jones on that USC roster and thinking about this is a guy who idolized Jamal Charles growing up and he oh, was yeah. a Texas fan. He did, the, he did the horns down. He, he did scored. the horns down and, on, and that that hurts. That did hurt. Uh, well, not the horns down. The fact that that kid's playing for USC and not Texas that hurts. Yeah, Texas, uh, Texas uh, misspelled his name on a recruit on a piece of recruiting mail. Not gonna work well. Yeah, 
just wasn't meant really? to be. Yeah. yeah that was oh, that's why, because he was a big Texas fan and they wasn't getting the offers. The and then finally, Rolling Jones. Because they had disrespected him. He didn't get what he wanted. Then he finally gets a letter, and they don't even know his name. Yeah, that's, yeah, you can't, that's bad. Yeah. That's bad. But, uh, Rod, you know, I know Sam Darnold Details. doesn't bring you the dual threat element that other oh, quarterbacks man. Texas faces. Well, it doesn't matter. But, yeah, this he's a, offense. He's an NFL quarterback. He might be the number one overall pick. So it's yeah. been a long time since we've seen a USC offense that was this potent. And you go back to last year and i watched a few of their games last year you go back to when clay helton made the move to go to sam darnold after i think they started one yeah. and two mm-hmm. they've won every game or one and three whatever it was they won every game since then mm-hmm. uh they just steamrolled stanford at the end of the day i just don't see how texas is going to be able to come up with enough stops yeah you're gonna have to take risks inevitably you're gonna get burned a time or two i just man it's hard for me to envision a scenario where Texas gets enough stops to win this ball. I was talking to an NFL scout friend of mine, and he's talking about Sam Darnold and how he's expected to be the number one overall pick when he comes. That's between like him and like Josh Rosen and some other guy. But Mason I think Rudolph probably in that conversation. Mason too. Rudolph might be in that. Con- I think it's going to be Sam Darnold when it's all said and done. Hey, when was the last time Texas faced a quarterback that's a, that was this good? Because apparently he's supposed to be better than Jared Goff, and Jared Goff I, is the number I, one overall pick. Well, Rod, we, you and I crunched the numbers, and since the start of the 2010 season, which is when the downturn began. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Texas has faced 13 quarterbacks that have been drafted. Their record against those guys since the start of the 2010 season, 4-17. and 17. Yeah, man. That's, that is, that's, that is mind-blowing when you think about it because, man, 4-17. and 17. But, see, the reason that's mind-blowing to me is these quarterbacks, and I, and, I, and I understand, like, Texas had their defensive issues then, but a couple of times Texas had good defenses uh, mm-hmm. in those years. Only a couple. 2011 and 2014, the, remember the first year the from The Whedons, the Tannehills. Yeah. So, I mean, that that record is, to me, it's, it's a little surprising. I didn't expect to be that bad when we started doing the research and uh, Jeff and I was crunching the numbers. I didn't expect to be that bad. I was surprised to see it was that bad, but I shouldn't have been, considering the struggles Texas has had defensively in the last seven years. Here's, here's and I'm getting ahead of my so let's not get sidetracked on the U.S. conversation. But here's what gives me hope Texas can compete in this. And I, we were just going through the numbers, and I just found some of this fascinating. If you look at Texas under Charlie Strong, they were 5-10 and 10 against ranked teams. But look closer at those five wins. Those, and even some of those ten losses, those games were some of the best football Texas played under Charlie Strong. Yep. So when you look at it, these players know how to get up for a big game. Yeah. So true. that shouldn't be a problem this week. That's a good point. You combine you combine that with Tom Herman being six and zero against AP ranked teams when he was at Houston, and being he, able to get guys up, get guys ready to rise to the occasion. He's also great as an underdog. Yeah, Rod. I think Texas is going to go out and play really well. I think they're wow. going to compete, and it's not going to surprise me if this is a single digit outcome by the end of the game. It's odd do you bring it up Man. too when you think about the Charlie era, where you know because we knew that we had these top five classes have talent, but then. You don't read expectations. Now, you have the talent to win some of these big games, but then each year you have a loss that you're like, what? We lost Kansas. We lost Iowa State. And oddly, it's exactly <laughs> how Tom Herman's career at Houston went. Oh, you look and he's point. open up and beat all these times. But yeah. then what the hell happened? Was it injuries? Navy late? and a lot, of that, and a lot of that was injuries. So, okay, you so know, you but that, point yeah. being that you see yeah. that this situation, you know you have the talent, you know that the coaches have situations to win it. Then it's more about when you get that next level of consistency because what's that erratic program? Would you want to be one of the Aggies or the Tech program that can beat anybody on any given day but you don't know what the hell's showing up? Is that where Texas football has fallen to at that level or is it just that temporary part of youth and inexperience when you have the potential? It's just sort of like what Coach Royal said about potential. potential. It means you ain't worth a damn right now if I'm talking about potential. It's crazy we just talked about the baseline for Sam Ellinger and how young players are so inconsistent like a roller coaster. This team is exactly the same way. It fits perfect, you know so I mean? it makes sense. We They're, lose to Maryland. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me if Texas beats in these next five games. You're probably going to lose one. You're probably going to be really impressive. It's just what about the consistency? Can you consistently perform on a week-to-week basis? I, I think they're I think they're going to beat one of these top ten teams, whether it's SC or Oklahoma State or Oklahoma. They're, they're, getting, they're getting one of these. Really? Yeah. Man. Yeah. That, I'm not saying they're getting all three. You don't get one. I'm not saying no, they're saying getting one. two. I'm saying which one is, of the which three. Which one's more likely? Yeah. Or most likely, I should I say. Think, I think Oklahoma State. Yeah. 
I think Oklahoma maybe most likely. Those two. There's something about that game. It's yep. a rivalry yeah, game. Totally. Oklahoma State. When Oklahoma won, that was is... the first thing I said to my brother. I was like, we were driving home, and it was like, oh well, you know what happens when Oklahoma wins a game to start the year? Texas beats them. Yeah. In the so <laughs> I and I, you know, I know Tom Herman. He's that's some familiarity there, and it's something about that game. It's weird. It, crazy things happen. Charlie Strong. That was my justification for Oklahoma State. That's just a weird series and, and weird stuff happening. Weird things happen in Oklahoma State too. Very, and then familiarity. This is some big familiarity. I mean, Sam Darnold yeah. grew up in the same neighborhood that Tom Herman's grandma's from and he's recruited him and known him since he was 15 years old. So really? there's some tendencies now. Who knows how much he recruited, but when he was at wow. Ohio State he was recruiting yeah. Darnold and it's from right. the high school right down the road from where he lived there in California. So who knows how mm. much of Darnold's tendencies he knows. He probably won't let us know but that's something worth that's noting if you throw money that's down. A great point, so Rod, actually. Oh, like that. Alright, it is time to wrap this thing up and put it in the oven and we will do that on the other side as we close out another edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns, 247.com. Loans are made by WebBank. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. Wouldn't it be nice if more of your money went to savings instead of the credit card companies? It could through Avant. With a competitive fixed rate loan through Avant, you can pay your high interest credit card bills and save money. That's right. Instead of paying so much credit card interest each month, extra money could go straight to your savings. And loans through Avant are easy. It's all online with no hassles. And you could have the money within days, not weeks. And now Avant will also give you a $50 Amazon gift card after your first payment is made on time. So what are you waiting for? Go to Avant.com today. To check your rates with no impact to your credit score, go to Avant.com today. Enter promo code 2424 and Avant will give you a $50 Amazon gift card after your first installment is made on time. That's A-V-A-N-T.com, promo code 2424. Avant.com, code 2424. Daddy, where do babies come from? Uh... Well, uh... Honey? Mommy went to the store. Oh, well, you see, um... Well, there's a mommy and a daddy, right? Right. And see, when they call Geico, uh, they could save a bunch of money on car insurance. Oh, really? And that makes them happy? Yes, that makes them very happy. That's good. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we could have this talk, sunshine. (laughs) Geico, because saving 15% or more on car insurance is always a great answer. The forecast today is for skin itch and irritation because with warm weather like this comes all sorts of bug bites and rashes. The best way to be prepared? With the power of 10, Cortisone 10, the any itch cream that brings fast-acting, long-lasting relief, relief that lasts 10 full hours. So let's revise that forecast because with Cortisone 10, your day is looking a whole lot better. That's the power of 10. Cortisone 10. Use as directed. Allergy congestion, cut grass, cat on the sofa, dust in the carpet. Whenever allergy congestion makes you feel trapped, break through with Allegra D for 5-in-1, 24-hour multi-symptom relief. Allegra D combines a non-drowsy antihistamine with a powerful decongestant for fast relief that starts working in just one hour. Break through allergy congestion with Allegra D. Use only as directed. Guaranteed or your money back. Visit Allegra.com. There is more to me, Queen Eliara of Elfgard, than my elven magic. Just as there's more to Geico than saving you money, Geico also gives you 24-7 access to licensed agents online, on the phone, or on the Geico app. And while I am a mighty elf queen, I am also a mighty big fan of barbecue potato chips. Minions! More smoky mesquite. Geico. Expect great savings and a whole lot more. Hey, I'm Lady Gaga. Recently, I was lucky enough to spend the day with a class of students and talk to them about their dreams for the future. But I realized more than ever the struggle that teachers face every day to supply their students with the right tools and the right environment to pursue their passions. That's why I'm teaming up with Staples for Students. They're donating $2 million to DonorsChoose.org and Born This Way Foundation. Join us at StaplesForStudents.org. 
As a small business owner, you make every dollar count. So what could you do with $10? Go to Vistaprint.com today and you'll get 500 high-quality custom business cards for only $9.99. That's less than two cents per card. And at Vistaprint, your satisfaction is absolutely guaranteed. So it's never been easier to turn 500 strangers into connections. Just visit Vistaprint.com and use promo code 1919 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 1919. Hey, it's Larry. Thanks for calling, but I'm buried in books at the library right now trying to figure out what all these hidden fees are on my mobile bill. State fees, federal fees, administrative fees, NTS surcharge? What the heck is an NTS surcharge? If you know, could you please leave a message? Well, do I need a switch? Getting buried in hidden fees? Switch to Boost Mobile, where your taxes and fees are now included on all plans. Plus, get two lines with three gigs of 4G LTE per line for just $50. All on the fast and reliable Sprint Nationwide Network. With MetroPCS, you'll spend $5 more and only get two gigs. Sorry, MetroPCS. Switch happens. Boost makes it easy to switch. Switching makes it easy to save. Offer ends 11 17 Primary line is $50 with second line $0 per month. The total sales price includes the charge for services, taxes, and fees. Requires one line to port in. Lines include unlimited talk, text, and data. Once high-speed data, alarm and reached. Speeds reduced to 2G speeds until next line cycle. Comparison based on Metro PCS's two lines for $55 per month. Two gigabyte plan as of 8-21-17. For additional details, visit their website. Coverage and offers not available everywhere. Restrictions apply. Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Here again is Jeff Howe. All right, I don't think Texas wins this game, obviously. Um, I think, you know, if the Maryland game did anything, I think it kind of brought everybody's expectations down. Because had Texas beaten Maryland, I think we'd all probably pick Texas or pick this a really close game. Oh, I can see that, yeah. Um, I do think this game is going it, to – it's, it's got a really good chance to be closer than what I'm going to predict. Um, here's the other thing that worries me about this game, Rodney. The close game, I worry about Texas in the field goal kicking situation because you can't count on that at all right now. Great point. So if it is a close game, that's why I can't. I mean, everything that that would lead me to say, okay, check all these boxes. Can Texas win? I just don't see it. I'll take USC to win like a like a forty eight thirty five kind of game because I think mm. Texas is going to put points on the board. Really? I think they'll be able to run on USC. Interesting. And I, yeah. I think Texas now understands that that's going to be their calling card this year is, is running the football. Uh, so I think barring. Knock on wood, some kind of injury to Chris Warren or something like that, or something goes haywire, unexpected. I think it's a 48-35 kind of game. 48-35. Okay, I will go, man, I'm going to go 38-23. to 38-23. Nice. I'm thinking along the same lines because I watched some of that Western Michigan game, and they were even able to get like five and a half yards of carry against them, not to mention last week it was like 10 per carry for Stanford. So Warren, if he can keep on running, but it's all then about game script. Can Texas Mm -hmm. play in a game in which you feed the ball, Warren, 20 times, or are they trying to throw the ball to catch up? If they're throwing to catch up, it could snowball and get blown up by 40. Right. But if the first quarter goes how we – Hope it too in Texas. He keeps it close. Yeah. I think it can be lower scoring than expected. So I think it should be right in between and maybe get separation at the end. USC does. Texas loses 42 27. Rod, here's the other Ooh. thing that worries me with Texas scoring on explosive plays. Texas had 14 explosives against San Jose State, only scored on one of them. Man, so wasn't that the See, case that also against Maryland? So Maryland was 13, 13 so it's been explosive. 27 explosive plays. And he scored on two of them. That's a hell of a stat. Yeah. That is I a I think that stat. actually is wow. only good for Texas. That's a stat that's going to regress to the mean. Yeah. That means that you're going to so get more strange. touchdowns off of those burst plays. You're not going to get tackled at the 10 or 5 or whatever oh, is happening. Wow. So that – Man, that worries me. Because against USC, that was a, those are your money yes, plays. That's if you, you got... catch USC slipping, you better cash in. Yes. You can't afford to catch them slipping and just only get a field goal out of it like that. Especially you know I mean? considering the one oh, time this year where we've had to see this staff put something together in the red zone yeah. around the goal line. And you're right. And that's how they're going to catch USC. It's going to be like every night a double pass. They're going to have something up their sleeve for USC, and it's going to lead to an explosive play probably, or that's going right. to be their hope. they got to cash in on it. Right. That's gotcha. it. Oh, uh, Matt, thanks for everything, man. Oh, you are more than welcome. Rod B., appreciate the time and the knowledge. Anytime, brother. Anytime. For Matt, for Rod, for Travis, the best damn videographer in the podcast game. For everybody at 104.9 The Horn, which can't get us on 104.9thehorn.com in terms of their SoundCloud page, you can go to our SoundCloud page, the Longhorn Blitz SoundCloud page. That's where you can find us. And now, thanks to Matt, you get us on iTunes and any kind Boom. of podcast app. Too. Yep, just type in Longhorn Blitz. 
For the Horn family, for the Horns 24-7 family, I am Jeff Howe. Thank you so much for downloading and listening, and we will catch you again on the next episode. You've been listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Remember, for the latest Longhorn news 24-7, visit Horns247.com.